Tom laughs as he... Stop wiggling, he gasps, as his hands dig into my sides. I bet couldn't do it like this, he says. Agreed, I say, as I fall on top of him, laughing. Nicole, last week mm-hmm. we had a very well-received episode yeah. full of uh, hotties that we would like to see more of. Yeah. Shout out to Stephen Yeun and Arthur Enoch and Raul Coley and O'Shea Jackson Jr. Mm-hmm. We love you. Um, but this week <laughs> we've kind of uh, pivoted to our tried and true formula from the past. Yeah, we've got another pasty British white boy on the menu. <laughs> it's all right, though. You make me sound like we're about to season him and put him in the oven. He's on the menu. Pasty white boy. We're going to roast him up real nice. This was, this was not a spicy white, but we'll take no, him. No, not at all spicy. Like, really, if he was a spice, he'd be flour. But I feel like he still has something to offer. Mm. This week's third subject is, of course... Tom Hardy. Ma- oh, mate. I- mouth. Mate, what it do? What it do though? And that's mouth spot with an F. It's a mouth, <laughs> a whole mouth. <laughs> oh my god! Okay, so this is who we're talking about today, Tom Hardy. I yeah. hope you're ready. Yeah, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. Nicole, what do you remember about the year 2012? This means war. (laughs) One of the worst movies ever. (laughs) I love how bad it is. I do too. I will watch it. If if it's on, if I see that it's going to be on a streaming service, I'm watching it. Same, same. I literally, if I turn the telly on and I see this means war, I'll be like, oh, time to settle in. Forget some popcorn. (laughs) Really, really go to town on this terrible movie. It's directed by McGee. Which already tells you 99.2% of everything you need to know about this. Mm. My favorite thing is reading about the reviews for This Means War. And I I went on to Rotten Tomatoes. I'm pronouncing it the American way. It's actually Rotten Tomatoes. And there was a, you know, there was a critics consensus. And this is what it says. And we'll we'll put it on that Tumblr because it's delightful. A career lowlight for all three of its likable stars. This Means War is loud clumsily edited and neither romantic nor funny and I was like sign me the fuck up yes it's the worst movie I've ever seen since I've had eyes I mean that's a lie but also it's the truth now that I think about it I wonder if this means war killed the (laughs) rom-com if that's what sent the action rom-com yeah if that's what sent it into hiatus (laughs) you know because it was such a disaster of a movie oh my god Professor Perkins you're onto something yes what a thesis yeah so what happens in this movie (laughs) what had happened was (laughs) now remember this came out in 2012 Mm -hmm. okay so Reese Witherspoon is the main lead woman and she is trying to decide between Chris Pine (laughs) okay lol and motherfucking Tom Hardy. I mean, never a competition. No shade Why to Chris. Why is that a competition? <laughs> no shade to Chris. I love Chris Pine. I think he has a lot to offer. Yes. But in an equation, <laughs> there is no way on God's green, lush, verdant earth that somebody <laughs> is going to look at Chris Pine and kind of be like, mm, yeah, this person is in direct competition with a whole Tom Hardy. Oh, my gosh. I don't... Like, are you drunk? Are you high? Beyond that premise, that's so ridiculous. <laughs> There's a scene uh-huh. where she meets one of them. Yeah. 
in a fucking like a blockbuster. It's like a bootleg blockbuster <laughs> in 2012. <laughs> Nobody had, nobody was going to Blockbuster or video rental stores. I love it. Physical rental stores in 2012. Well, that's also just like a very sharp indictment of how long some of these movies stay in production like yes. hell. Because I was like, when did you write this? <laughs> when did it get made? And when did you re- release it? Blockbuster or its equivalent in big 2012? Just, you lot are yeah. nuts. But I love that movie because it's so bad. And like they try and make Tom Hardy less attractive so that it makes sense that Reese Witherspoon's character would choose Chris Pine at mm-hmm, the end of it. Mm-hmm. And they manufacture some bullshit about how he has like bringing a family back together. Right. And I'm like, no, no, no. Break up your family, Tom Hardy's character. <laughs> you uh. deserve so much more than this film. <laughs> but also this, you know what? They should have done like a reversal and made Tom Hardy kind of go, do you know what? Fuck this shit. And just left. Like, yes, he should have chosen himself. <laughs> Just no one. It was just, it's one of the worst things I've ever seen. But like I said, as Nicole has said, if it's on TV, we will watch it. Yes. Um, <laughs> so Tom and Chris are spies or something yeah, like that, right? And their boss is Angela Bassett. <laughs> Which is a good idea. I yeah. love that always. They should have had Tom break off, like you're saying, and get with Angela. Listen. Hello. <laughs> Hello and good day. <laughs> <laughs> but there is this one. Um, okay. So Tom's character, Tuck. Uh-huh. Great he name. is yes. He is like watching his son um, perform. Uh, I think he's doing a martial arts yes, routine or something yes. like that. And the martial arts instructor is an asshole. He's big, huge man, like six six or something, super tall, meaty, muscular, an asshole. And he's bullying Tuck's son a little bit. So Tuck, because he's undercover and he yeah. can't like say I'm this, you know. I'm a killing machine that's a spy for the government, whatever. Yeah. He has to take this abuse and he tries to talk to the guy and the guy is like, pain is just weakness leaving the body. I've got to teach your son how to be a man and all this kind of stuff. Right. Fast forward to the end uh-huh. when everything is resolved, right? And Tuck is back at the little session. I'm uh-huh. going to play this little clip. Mike, can I quit with you? Oh, that's it. Stand up. <laughs> Brave man once said to me, Pain is weakness leaving the body. Bye, weakness. Weakness leaving the body. Uh, so Tuck gets his own little revenge yeah. by giving the coach a little gut check. Yeah. L- literal gut check. I mean, I will say that patriarchy is, in fact, a poisonous disease. Toxic masculinity is awful. It is. However, I was very glad to see the big bully man get a little comeuppance. Yes. So, and if it's delivered by Tom Hardy, all the better. And him saying, by weakness, Tom Hardy is funny. Yes, he is. He's a fun guy. He's- funny yeah. and this movie just did not i mean there there are moments there are moments but it doesn't fully exploit like the talent that we know he yeah. has for comedy yeah but above all things literally watching that like there's a couple of i'm not on a couple there's quite a few scenes where he's wearing like a nice shirt or like a nice suit mm-hmm. and i'm just kind of like do you know what this feels like an attack like <laughs> every time i would look upon him in that film i was just like rah like like he's not like this tall guy. He's not no. like he's not like six foot four or whatever. No. He's like a very average sized man. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, how do you pack that much sex appeal into like a regular ass size? Like just just like you're just hot. Like he is intrinsically smoking hot. He has like this energy, mm. and I feel like you know it's, you know in the wrong hands it would be like real dirt bag energy. And I'm not saying he doesn't have that either. I right. think that's part of it. Yes. Like he looks like he doesn't bathe that often, which is not ideal for me, a clean person. <laughs> My point is, 
<laughs> Tom Hardy has just like a little bit of like dirt, like a little bit of like yes. filth in yes. all senses of the word. Yes. But also in the very, very like basic sense of like, mate, have you showered? But I like that about him. I think it sits well on his frame. Mm-hmm. I like it. Like he's a little bit scuzzy. Yeah. yeah. He's got a raspy voice. He's a little bit scuzzy. And I'm yes. like, yeah. Yes. That's the stuff. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So good. <laughs> like it works in this kind of idealized world, right? Right. Like, but I feel like if he were actually my partner, I would be, you know. Like, come on, mate. Yeah. Shower. <laughs> yes, please. You gotta. <laughs> you brush your hair for the love of Christ. Get in the tub. <laughs> <laughs> Support. <laughs> uh, let's move on to a movie that is actually very fucking good. Mad Max Fury Road. I actually have not seen that. No. I have not seen it. Oh my I've been God. waiting to like be in the right mood I for it. I completely understand that. And I think you do need to be in the right mood. I will say, I went to see it at the cinema mm-hmm. and I cried. And it was mm-hmm. such an emotional... Because it's like, it's like this big summer blockbuster. Mm-hmm, it's about mm-hmm. That felt to me like, again, not to give cookies, even though here I am handing out crumbs. But I was like, it's showing up. It's just showing up the idea of what toxic masculinity, what patriarchy will do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I thought it had like some, not not nearly as woke as everyone said it was, but I still yeah. thought it was like this incredible. And he was very good and he barely speaks in it, which I think is so powerful. Yes. And the reason why he barely speaks is because obviously this is not a movie necessarily about Max, even though it's called Mad Max. Yeah. It's about the world around him at large. Right. And he's so good in it. And his face is so expressive. He kind of like, you know, he squints and mm-hmm. he mumbles and he... Kind of his face is such a mobile thing. It's a very malleable face. And I've, I tweeted about this. I was looking through my tweets and I tweeted about how Tom Hardy has a very mercurial. <laughs> like you go into a movie and I'm like, will you be hot? Will you not be hot? Right. Yes. There is a gif from it that I mm. love. And it's just him in whatever the tank or something. Yeah. And he wags his finger and he says, no, that's bait. Yeah. Like that. And I love it. because he just It's he, a great scene. Yes. He shakes his head and that finger wag. I don't know. It just gets mm, you. Yeah, yeah. I have it saved in my phone. I look at it when I need a little pick me <laughs> oh up. Oh, my God. That's great. <laughs> but the movie itself is full of all these moments where he just basically like kind of bends the knee basically mm. to a smarter, more capable, whatever. And it's usually a woman where yes. he's just kind of like, I see that you're better at this. So I'm going to take a back seat. And it's never done very self-consciously. Like, mm-hmm. there's, there's a great bit when they're trying to kind of shoot at, like, they're, they're coming, you know, the, the people are coming to get them. And he tries to take aim and shoot. And, mm-hmm. you know, he doesn't quite make it. And he knows that the, uh, you know, Imperative uh, Furiosa, played by Charlize Theron, mm-hmm. is much... And she kind of, like, she uses his shoulder as, yes. like, a gun stand. Uh-huh. And he just takes there just... And the way he, he bows his head, and I'm like, bitch, yes. Yes, <laughs> I remember seeing an interview from one of the press junkets that they were doing for the film where someone asked him uh, how did he feel about taking a back seat and he got really offended on behalf of the women yeah, he did. in the cast. You know, yeah. he was like, it's not a back seat. This, they're doing the work. They're, the film is about them. I'm yeah. just there to show up and yeah. support them. I was like, bitch, yes. Listen, it's so on. potent. Like if you're not a, like an out and out douchebag, it's amazing how quickly a woman will throw her bra at you. Yes. <laughs> Just recognize and appreciate. Just recognize and appreciate. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. That's all you got to do. That's really it. Life could be so, it could all be so simple. <laughs> and yet, you fuck anyway. Woo. 
I'm getting yes. hated. But yes. Tom Hardy in this movie is like the embodiment of all these feelings of just kind of like, you know, all the sublimated rage that you've had about mm-hmm. men just coming in and taking over the shit that they really have no business to. And Tom's kind of like, it's cool. I'm going to do in this movie mm-hmm. the thing that you want all the foolish men in your life to do, which is just shut the fuck up and like sit down. Yeah. And he does that. I love that movie. I think he's great in it. There's all these other great cast members. I think mm-hmm. he in particular is such a wonderful focal point for that movie. And again, it's down to like, he has like this real um, earthiness to him. Mm-hmm. Like he feels like he's very close to the earth. I know mm-hmm. that's probably completely <laughs> untrue. But I just love this idea of someone who seems very grounded. And, you know, part of that I think also came from the fact that he had like a bit of a wild youth. Yeah. So there was an interview that he gave Esquire in 2015 where he kind of talks about his kind of coming up. And he mm-hmm. talks a lot about how he was encouraged to act by his GCSE uh, drama teacher. GCSE is a thing in, in, in England. Um, anyway, he was encouraged to act by this drama teacher who saw something in him. Um, and, you know, the the writer of the piece kind of goes, it sounds like one of those feel-good, oh, captain, my captain stories. And I love it because Tom kind of like just cuts it off at the knees and he's like, yeah, but in this case, it's not like Billy Elliot or anything because I went to a nice school and I was given loads of fucking lifelines. What a fucking house I must have been to my poor parents. Oh, go on, Tom, just take one. At the same time as accepting that I had a really good home environment, I went balls out to fuck that up. I was committed. Mm. And I love this. It's kind of like, hey, let's all just yeah. like, I'm a piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> I was a piece of shit. But yeah, he had like a lot of like drugs and like, you know, alcohol, substance abuse issues. Yeah, I know he's talked about, um, he's like, I can't believe I didn't end up with all kinds of STDs and ruined kidneys or something like that because of his drug use and alcoholism. Um, I've also noticed that when he gives interviews, on the red carpet, even just doing the press again, that he is very almost shy. And I wonder, I've never seen him talk explicitly about that, but I wonder if he um, deals with anxiety or if he's just flat out Mm. uncomfortable, you know, Mm. being out of character. Because I know a lot of people who have kind of crippling social anxiety end up as some of the world's greatest performers, right? You've got Mm. Prince, Beyonce, who's talked about being like, uh, very shy, but then she, you know, adopts whatever persona to be on stage right, right, and stuff right. like that. And so I wonder if that's something that he deals with as well, because he is he's really like, ask your questions and let me get on with what I got to do. <laughs> right, like, right. I've done my I've done the main job, right. which is the film, the TV show, whatever. Yeah. I don't want to answer your right. stupid questions. I've got dogs to be with, <laughs> mate. I've got a lot of shit on my plate right now. Um, speaking of that, here's a little clip though of an interview that he gave in 2010. And I always find it very interesting because his accent <laughs> basically depends on the day where it is kind of like, huh? What, mm. what, where are you from? Because, you know, he's like, he's, he's a Londonish or London adjacent boy. So mm-hmm. I'm like, where the fuck is this accent coming from? And he kind of does like a weird slurry American thing. And I'm like, do you know what, mate? Let's just. But anyway, he explains it a little bit to, to Jonathan Ross in this interview from 2010. Okay. Because, but you've got a London accent, but it doesn't sound South and Sunday. Yeah, I, I'm a bit of a. Um... I'm a bit of a mongrel, actually, because I, I pick up accents and, um, and, uh, and, and sometimes I don't know how I'm going to sound until I start speaking. So I just, like, his voice does kind of vary. And then there's another interview that he gives to Alan Carr, like, a year later, and he sounds like proper fucking South London. Mm. And I'm like, wow, it really does depend. And then he talks about how, oh, I spent the last week with my family. And I'm like, oh, yeah, well, no wonder you sound a little bit. It's very, very weird. And yeah. it's interesting to see someone kind of, like, live out. <laughs> like, I'm like... <laughs> 
what accent is it today? So when he says, I don't know, until I start talking, I'm like, yeah, fair enough. Because I find myself becoming a lot more American since I've been living here mm. and having to pull myself back. And then when I have like friends visiting from the UK, I become very, very English. And I'm just like, <laughs> all right, calm down. But it's very interesting. Like, Savisa, I do pick up accents very easily. Yeah, I do um, too. Right. And then I start talking like that. Like, even when I, I, I went to France and I began talking like this, and I was like, oh my God, what's wrong with you? <laughs> so my point is, I get you, Tom, and I feel you. I understand. I love you. Yeah. I don't know if I pick up accents a little bit. Bit, um, but I pick up colloquialisms mm. and phrasings. Um, speaking of his chameleon-like tendencies, yes. he did this other interview from a while ago where, here some, where the interviewer asked him about um, gaining weight for the roles. This mm. was for Bronson. He does that a lot. He's real yeah. method like that. Yeah. Um, this person asks him about, do the women like you when you're more muscled mm. or, or not? It's funny that because... Um, in my experience, anyway, um, they, um, girl, the girl will often prefer me to me not as Muslim. <laughs> yeah, funny that. Do you know what I mean? Um, until, you know, you need to, to get someone out of the way <laughs> for, the, for the greater good <laughs> or for the safety of you and your children. But no, on the whole, not really. I go up and down all kinds of shapes. Ugh. Tom. Uh, so, yeah, so that was for Bronson, which was out in about 2009, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, He's made a bit of a career playing kind of like Mad Men, you know, like yes. just awful characters who are often quite violent and usually quite unpleasant because he played the craze in Revenge uh, a few, a couple of years back. Mm. And he, you know, these are like notorious East London gangsters. That's not necessarily like hot to me, but I do think it's interesting that he is kind of like interested in stories that are outside of the idea of what classically handsome leading dudes should do. Like he often will take on these roles that require physical transformation. Yeah. And again, Listen, a job's a job's a job. But I think that the fact that he's drawn to these characters more often than not is quite interesting about his own state of like mind and state of being, mm-hmm. which I always find very interesting. Mm-hmm. And I do think that, you know, it does suggest that a man who, you know, is thinking more than just like, I'm just going to go to work. Like, this is someone who's thinking about stuff, which right. is, you know, that's hot. I think with Bronson and then he was in, um, he played Heathcliff in Wuthering Heights around 2009 as well. Some American audiences knew of him and were, you know, aware of him. Um, It really wasn't until 2010 with Inception that American audiences kind of fell in love with him fully. Right, right. Inception is one of those movies that is just, you know, it's Christopher Nolan, so it has, like, you know, higher production values, I suppose. Yeah. And lots of people are like, oh, my God, it's so smart. And I was like, eh, it's okay. Yeah. But, yeah, I've watched it a couple of times. You haven't gone back to revisit. Yeah, I watched it in the theater. I loved it. It was, I thought it was a beautiful film. Um, And you know what? Now that I think about it, it's kind of like, it's a white boy thirst trap of a movie. A little bit. Yeah. A little bit. You got some Joseph Gordon Levitt. Who I love. I He's totally so would. 100%. You've got Leonardo DiCaprio. Mm hmm. You've got. Uh, uh, Killian Murphy. Killian Murphy's in there. And you've got Ken Watanabe, who is very, very much up my street. Like, mm-hmm. slightly older, slightly more, you know, lived in. Oh my <laughs> God. Yes, Ken. Like, honestly, I have such, 
such thirst for Ken Watanabe. Um, and it's really, like you said, it's a full-on, full-on thirst trap of a movie. Mm-hmm. Like there's women every so often. I'm like, eh, get out of right. here. You've got Ellen Page <laughs> I'm and like, All right, Ellen. Marion Cotillard. They're in there. It's they like, are okay. in there. And they're important characters, to be fair. I'm being very dismissive <laughs> of women, which is never my intent. But you know what I mean? Like, I was watching that and I was kind of like, mm, yeah, this is going to keep me fed. Like, it was just nice. Yeah. <laughs> I want to play this really, really quick scene. There's going to be some gunshots, but they're in this particular, like, warehouse or something and Joseph Gordon Levitt's character is trying to shoot these people that are coming to get them and then Tom Hardy comes and he says something that changed my life (laughs) (laughs) mustn't be afraid to dream a little bigger darling I love that scene so much because Joseph Gordon-Levitt is like firing. You know, he's got this whatever kind of rifle. He's taking all these shots. He can't make the target. Tom Hardy comes in as Eames says that beautiful line. You mustn't be afraid to dream a little bigger, darling. Pulls out this big, huge gun, sends out one shot and then walks away. And Joseph is looking at him like, oh, that's how I felt in my heart and in other places. Like, oh, oh, OK. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's quite it's, it's quite the skill he has. He is a bit of a scene stealer. He's very, um, yes. you know, like he's, he always comes across quite un- unassuming. Yes. And then you think, oh, that really packed a bit of a punch, didn't yeah. it? He's very good at that. He's very, very good at that. I want to also just kind of talk a little bit about, you know, this idea we've kind of been talking around it but the idea of like maturation and I do Mm. think about the fact that he was a bit of a wild child Mm -hmm. and he was like you know and he's spoken about this he kind of spoke about this when he was on the Jonathan Ross show whenever it was um and he was just very honest about you know the fact that he had been you know a bit of a shitbag in terms of like just addiction it was like yeah you know i did some some stuff i did some things and i appreciated the honesty but i also thought mm, it's also a bit of a male privilege in there you know what you get to kind of be this and but come back from it but that's a story for another right, day yeah uh, but anyway here's a clip of him talking about it a little bit i woke up when in a bed uh, in los angeles when i was supposed to meet i think it was john woo one morning for something like i think it was bulletproof monk i woke up in a bed with a dude with a gun naked wow. with a cat as well i don't i don't remember the cat you know? Well, the we've, dude. We've all had nights like that, though, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just yeah. as well that you've moved on from that period. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can I just ask you, though? You, you don't remember how you got there? Yeah, I kind of remember bits, oh, okay. yeah. But when you wake up next to them, the, you're naked, he's naked, there's a gun, there's a cat. Mm. And the safety was off. That oh. was the scary thing, because I must have fallen asleep looking down the barrel. Oh, mm. OK. So, who makes breakfast? Who gets the coffee? Actually, I, I, he, he, I got him to drop me off at Pink's Hot Dogs and we sort of said goodbye, <laughs> goodbye to each other. And you don't drink now? No. <laughs> no. Wow. The honesty is yeah. bracing. That line about, I must have been looking down the barrel of it, I yeah. thought, fucking hell, mate. Yeah. Like, and that's deep. Jonathan Ross tries to lighten the mood right, because, because what, like... do you, what do you do with that? What you do know? you do with that? But, like, this, like, he really had some demons. Yeah. You know, you hear these stories and it's often painted very romantically. Oh, he's a wild child. And it's mm-hmm. like, no, these are real people's lives. Yeah. And, like, they are, like, there are repercussions for like family members and like, you know, for themselves initially, obviously. And then the ripple effect. So I thought it was interesting to kind of have him explicitly kind of go, yeah, mate, it was pretty rough going for a while. Yeah. And it's dangerous, you know, like he, he may not have survived from that. Right. Right. (laughs) And I mean, 
like the, the inter- like I said, the interviewer tried to lighten the mood and keep like the conversation going, but yeah. it's clear that that was a very painful thing. Like when you look at the video, you mm. can see him twitching and you know mm. trying to shift around in his seat. Yeah, yeah, so it was That's a lot. Quite, yeah, but if we move on to like a happier bit of Tom's past. Mm. You in particular are a fan of his mixtape. Yes. Okay. <laughs> First of all, Tom Hardy mixtape is just oh, it's just the, like the sentence of my dreams. What? <laughs> okay, so he had this mixtape around 1999 that was recently discovered. Um, the producer that he was working with put it out on Reddit earlier this year in like January 2018. It would be Reddit, right? Um, and the producer went by the name Eddie Too Tall. <laughs> And <laughs> sounds like a Guy Ritchie character, <laughs> right? Some East End gangster caper, <laughs> Eddie Tootle. Um, but Tom's rap name was Tommy Number One. Yes, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing I love more than a basic white boy rap name. I'm like, oh, Tommy number one. Yeah, all right. Calm the fuck down, Tom. Um, but the mixtape is actually really good. Of course it is. Of course it fucking is, mate. It's what else would it really be? really good. Um, I've never listened to it, so please tell me more. Sell it to me. It's actually kind of like this... Um, you know, that was around the time when, like, Portishead was mm. kind of popular. So it's, like, music to get high and zone out to. Oh, I see. You know, music to get high, zone out, maybe fuck a little bit. <laughs> oh you know, I don't know. But, like, you're trying to blank your mind and just be in the music. I have to be honest when I say that that doesn't sound appealing to me at all. But, okay, well, cool No, beans. but it's... it's It has its, its place. Yeah. And I actually think it, it would be what we would call today good writing music. Because oh, you can listen to it and... Empty your mind and you're not listening. Most of it is uh, just the beats. Uh-huh. It's not him rapping, but his rapping is solid. Right. But you know what this sounds like to me right now? Hmm. It sounds like that, that those YouTube channels, lo-fi beats. That's exactly how <laughs> it was what it sounds like? Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> yes. Okay. All right. <laughs> That's exactly it. We're going to link to it and, and people can listen, you know, yeah. when yeah. they want to. But oh, it's actually... If they want to. Look at the cars I'd be racing. Look at the cars that I'd be racing. This makes me think of those infamous MySpace pictures where he oh, is mate. he is a total thirst trap. The thirstiest, trappiest thirst trap. Like, there's one in particular. And also he's like, he's so aware of his lips because he is pouting yes. up a storm. Yes. Look at this fucking photo. Yeah, so he's got his shirt pulled back behind his neck. Yes. Right? And then he's got <laughs> one hand. The in... mark of a douchebag. But anyway. <laughs> he's got one hand in his crotch yeah and a, right down his pants yeah like a trucker cap that's yep. been the brim has been broken in so he looks kind of like uh a rent boy yes, you know he, he, he is definitely like a really scuzzy incredibly hot rent boy but it's really good he's pouting he's squinting into the camera yes. he's got the camera like it's such an amazing selfie shot and the fact that he never scrubbed it off the internet he's like no, nah, it's my fast fuck it um <laughs> and that's the thing though like He's very aware of his sexual power, but at the same time, uncomfortable talking about it. So I feel yes. like he's the kind of person that's like, we don't need to talk about yeah, it. Actions. Yeah, actions over words. Yes, action over words. Yeah. The other bit is the fact that he fucking loves dogs. And I personally, that is the thing that makes me feel just a way. He did like this, you know, his, his very beloved dog, Woody, 
uh, passed away in 2017. Uh, and Tom had been like, you know, he was a rescue. They basically, mm-hmm. the, you know, Woody kind of wandered onto set one day when mm-hmm. they were filming something. And but my point is, Woody died, and Tom wrote this incredible, incredible post uh, as a tribute to Woody. And we'll post a link to his wonderful, wonderful um, post. But it's like this: he sent it. It was posted onto um, it was posted onto a website called TomHardy.org. That's the other thing is what well, he calls Woody by his formal name, Woodstock. Mm-hmm. And he opens it up with, I first saw Woodstock running across a turnpike, and I just thought, oh, and it's beautiful. But he talks a lot about you know, how this dog helped him kind of just get through stuff. And he, he in, in there, he also spoke about how he doesn't normally talk about his family and friends. Mm-hmm. But like Woody was such uh, an unusual thing. He was only six years old and he had polymyositis uh, and, you know, he, he was very aggressive and he died. And he ends the letter by going to the bestest friend ever, to me and to a family who loved him beyond words and whom he loved without doubt more than I have ever known. Woody was the bestest of journey companions we could ever dream of having our souls intertwined forever. Oh, my God. That's really sweet. There were literally, and now that people know how much he loves dogs, when he goes to like TV shows, like interviews, like he, he did like the Chatty Man uh, interview mm-hmm. with Alan Carr and they bring out a bunch of dogs and mm. he just pets each one and the dogs, you can see them, the dogs relax. They're like, oh, hey, friend. Yeah. Like Tom Hardy is himself a dog man. Like, I feel like he was enchanted by a fairy in a forest and he's going to, his punishment, he's going to wander the earth as a handsome Hollywood actor. But in reality, he's just a dog. In what reality. a punishment. Like, what kind of right. crime could you have committed exactly. to be punished with being a hot Hollywood, Hollywood star? Yes. I mean, listen, I don't make the rules. I'm only here to tell you the story. But yeah, deep in his heart, that man is a dog and he just wants to be with his own kind. We've talked about his mouth a little bit, his pouty, <laughs> sinful mouth, yes. but he has not fixed his teeth. Listen, that's classic Britishism right there. Yes. It makes me so fucking happy. I'm very proud of that. I'm like, proud of it. Like, I made the decision for him, <laughs> but that's some real shit. Like, yep. you're going to see where I come from all in my grill, and you're still going to want this. <laughs> all in my grill. Yeah. <laughs> it's great, though, because it means that when he does play, like, British characters, I'm like, yeah, we don't have to rough it up. Like, you know, he played Bill Sykes. In Oliver Swiss adaptation, mm-hmm. and he was, you know, Heathcliff mm-hmm. in uh, Wuthering Heights. Mm-hmm. He played um, Stuart in that great adaptation of the book, you know, about the homeless man in London who mm-hmm. ended up telling his life story. And in all of those, like, he has, a, like, a, even though he's obviously very attractive and very all this, he looks like a normal bloke, like a, a hot yes. one, but yes. a normal bloke, right? Yes. So when he's in these period pieces and he's playing somebody with, you know, that's maybe doesn't have good hygiene. <laughs> He fits right in. Like someone in The Revenant. Yeah. And I actually haven't seen that. But I haven't seen it either. I've only ever seen bits. Yeah, yeah. I've seen a little bit of it. But he looks kind of rough. <laughs> kind of? <laughs> Mate. He looks like he's the one who fought the fucking bear. Like, it's a lot. <laughs> but it's like, you would see him, like, yeah. you know, on the walk, mm-hmm. on the trail. And yeah. you're like, oh, here's this forest man. Yeah. I'm going to take him in. <laughs> Close him down. Lovingly shave his beard. Yes, shave all of this bare beard. <laughs> <laughs> like, watch the water run green oh, and brown oh, oh, this until he's squeaky clean. <laughs> that sounds so horrible. This is like a really long journey to thirst. I'm like, when is the thirst coming? You're just describing, like, delousing like a wild yes, animal. <laughs> yes, <laughs> But Fucking the fact no. remains. Yeah. Tom Hardy. Yeah. We would. would. <laughs> 
synchronize that. And yet, and yet, that's just the, that's the strength. That's what I'm saying. The motherfucker's powerful. Yes. He's like a powerful, like, warlock. Like, yes, he just has right? some, he has like a hold on me. He's and a little wizard. He is. He really is. That You know that gift of him winking? Yes. Mate. Uh. <laughs> I've, I've literally unclipped my bra and thrown it at my laptop. Like, there you go. It's yours. I volunteer as tribute. My bra is gone. <sighs> Tom Hardy, what a snack. So this week we're doing uh, Thirst Sommelier. Mm, yes, we haven't excited. done that in a while. Right, right, because we've just, you know, there's been so much thirst bursting out of the seams. <laughs> but we've opened up our inbox and our voicemail um, message service. And we heard uh, one in particular that we thought, oh, we'd love to help with that. So this is Ayumi from Japan. Nice. Hi, Bim and Nicole. This is Ayumi. I am sending this from Japan and I have a Thirst Sommelier request for you ladies. I am very, very thirsty or have been for a long time uh, for Shia LaBeouf. And when I thirst after someone who's a celebrity, I usually am watching all the things they do and uh, movies and stuff, not in a creepy way. And I like to see what they're doing in their life and things like that. That also sounded creepy, sorry. And, you know, I really liked his goofy personality and the way that... Well, it could still thirst for him, and even in movies like Indy Jones, believe it or not. And I really need someone else who's like this. My other thirst object at the moment who's making things is John Boyega, but I really would like some more options. Both men and women are acceptable. Thank you so much. I love you both. Well. Hi, Ayumi. <laughs> I mean, literally from across across the distance. Yeah. I love how tech you know, just goes where it needs to go. I know. I love thirst. Um, Hands like across little, the ocean. Yeah. It's like a little flood just going into the cracks of <laughs> desire. Oh, that's horrible. <laughs> oh. Hey, now listen. I'm not sure about that one, mate, but I love that you went there. <laughs> so yeah, listen, Ayumi, we feel you. Um, I myself was a huge fan of Shia LaBeouf. Um, so was I. You know, like I used to watch Even Stevens with my little brother. Um, so, you know, he was like a child actor who kind of grew in Hollywood and he was taking on these, you know, listen, Holes is a classic forever and ever. So I get, I get your, your, uh, love for Shy. Also, he did that amazing photo shoot. Do you remember that one? No, which one? It's the one where he's got his hair slicked back and he's topless and he's like wearing like boots and shit. He looks fucking good. No, it's black or white. that one. It's stunning, mate. It's stunning. Anyway, all this to say, we understand your Shia LaBeouf, uh, uh, crush. And we've been thinking about this, Nicole and I, and trying mm-hmm. to figure out ways. And Nicole, you came up with, you know, you said men and women were like fine for you, Ayumi. So we kind of casted about and came up with a couple of names that we hope will send you on your journey. Yeah. So let's start with Zoe Kravitz. Mm, She's mm, got, mm. you know, kind of an earthy vibe, yeah. you know, a little hippie, a little yeah. fairy, yeah. you know, she doesn't seem like she's of the world, you know, a little bit. <laughs> All right, um, Pastor Nicole. <laughs> she's not worldly. <laughs> Um, I think she would be somebody, somebody good to thirst after because, uh, like Shia, she's also a musician and singer. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. She has a variety of projects that she's done. Mm -hmm. Um, so she can do comedy. She can do kind of 
some thrillers. She does just straight up drama. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've mentioned Matt Max earlier in this episode. She was oh, in that. Yeah, she yeah. was. She played yeah. Toast. Yeah. And like Shia, started young. Yes. I like that a lot. Zoe's an interesting one. I mm-hmm. like that. I went for something a little bit more obvious. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not even sure that I actually fancy this person. Except I have been known to in the past and probably will again in the future because Thirst is a willful beast. <laughs> but I will say my option for you is Miles Teller. Listen, I know. Before you begin, let me say I see myself. <laughs> I already see myself. You can't roast me if I'm already on the broiler myself. Yeah, this so, is strictly a BIM recommendation. But you know what? I stand by it because they both have very similar energies. I feel like Shia has like this kind of slightly wild, like beneath the surface. You're like, what the fuck are you going to do next? Mm. And Miles gives me exactly the same tease. So I'm like, do you know what? Do you know what? Mm. Let me sit from that cup. I feel like Miles and Shia also have like similar, similarly constructed like faces and bodies. Mm. So if you're looking from a purely physical point of view, I feel very strongly that. And again, Miles, I think also is someone who, yeah, he's a little bit self serious. It's a little bit of, you know, the interviews that he gives, I'm just kind of like, mate, just calm the fuck down, innit? Just have a cup of tea and just calm down. Like you take yourself a little bit too seriously yeah. for my liking. Yeah. But I feel like Shia has been known to do that also in the past as well. So the, the two just seem like an obvious kind of like, there seem to be a lot of things that made them similar. But, you know, if you don't like my recommendation, there's always Zoe, which I fully 100% stand behind. Or like Nicole, who doesn't stand behind my Miles recommendation. Sorry. But it's whatever. It's fine. Thanks, Ayumi, for leaving that message for us. We hope that we satisfied your request and that you're able to find something new out there to thirst for. Exactly. And remember, you can call and leave us a brief message on 765-884-4778. That's 7658-THIRST. Okay, we've had a juicy conversation about the fantastic Tom Hardy. Juicy as his lips. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I was not ready for that. <laughs> Ooh, I love taking you by surprise. <laughs> we've um, we've done a little thirst sommelier for today. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And now it's time for Fanfic Wars. I love Fanfic Wars. Are you ready? I am, you know. I am. Increasingly, it feels less like a war or more like just a pleasurable walk through our diaries. I know. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm here for it. I love it. It feels like the cheapest therapy I never had. So, uh, (laughs) this week's third subject, of course, is Tom Hardy. Mm -hmm. And I tried to like, kind of like shoehorn all the things I know about Tom. And I was like, it doesn't feel natural. It all felt very kind of stagey. Mm-hmm. It all felt very, you know, like it was a lot. So I just thought, just bim, stay in your wheelhouse. Have the both of you at home and mm. have it be chill as fuck. So this is like a very chill, very, very chill, like a Sunday afternoon of a drabble. Mm. Are we ready? <laughs> all right. He doesn't hear me when I walk in. From behind, I can see the giant noise cancelling headphones I got him last Christmas firmly clamped over his ears. Beside him on the floor, Lenny, our dog, snoozes lazily, head propped in his favourite spot, high on Tom's thigh. Both of them would be quite content there for hours if I don't disturb them, so I let my gaze travel the length of Tom's broad shoulders and Mm. his back for a few seconds, noting that his faded T-shirt is not taking its job of covering him too seriously. Mm. Eventually, though, I walk over and come in close before bending my knees to nudge the middle of his back. (laughs) Mildly startled, he turns his head, rips off the headphones. His face softens from alarm to something rather more soft. Hey, he whispers, putting a finger to his lips. The bottom one is glistening slightly like he's been worrying it with his teeth as he is wont to do when concentrating. (laughs) 
bitch. It's adorable. He gestures to Lenny and mouths asleep. I nod and sink down to the floor next to him, pressing my mouth to my favorite spot, right in the crease where his neck meets his shoulder. What? I can hear the soft, tinny sound of Al Green warbling love and happiness from the headphones. I breathe Tom in and turn to rest my head in his neck. In a minute, he'll get up and start making dinner. But for now, we sit. Get out. I shan't. <laughs> I shall remain here. You are ruining my life. No, I'm improving it. I'm improving it. I'm giving you some tips. Love and happiness. <sighs> Woo. Yeah. Oh, mm. my God. And the reason why I went for our green is that, of course, you know, the day he did that interview with uh, Jonathan Ross, mm-hmm. Tom Tom Hardy was the second guest after Al Green. Oh, so that was a little throwback. Yeah, oh. it's a little something, something. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, tried it. I tried it. I see you. I see yeah, you. thank you, thank you. But now let yeah. me see you. She said uh. creepily. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready to hear your drabble. I know it's a little bit longer. You said this. Yeah, week. Yeah, it's a little longer, <laughs> and it's um, clearly a fantasy because I am not as bold as my. Drabble persona. Shut the fuck up. I'm not as <laughs> bold. Shut up. Talking as if I don't actually know you. Get the no, fuck out. But- I said good day. Read your fucking drabble. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm ready. I'm braced. Right. I'm braced. All right. I sent a final text cursing out the guy I'd been very casually dating for the past few months before I dropped my phone on the bar, not caring if it cracked. I'd get a new one with his number blocked and deleted. In the meantime, I signaled the bartender for another round of Johnny Walker Black. A man moved onto the stool next to me and slid his card to the bartender, telling her he'd take care of any more drinks I was going to have. Bitch. I looked at him, the anger and annoyance of wasting my time on someone unworthy of me just to avoid loneliness still on my face. He raised his hands in the universal sign of surrender before extending one to me. I'm Tom, he said. (laughs) A mouth too pretty for his face, shaping the huskiness of an English accent. Yes, bitch. If your phone lives to tell the tale, it looks like you've had a rough one. The least you deserve is a few drinks you don't have to worry about, he told me. I shook his hand and told him my name. I made no pretense of checking him out, taking in the lazy power of him. He looked bored, yet ready for a fight. Bitch. He wouldn't start one, but would be happy to finish it quickly, as if it were his workout for the day. He was shorter than I normally prefer, more muscular too, but I kept going back to that filthy, pretty pout of a mouth, which suddenly kicked up on one side. Do I pass, he asked me, (laughs) angling his body so I'd get a better view. (laughs) The bartender winked at me as she placed my drink in front of me. I'll tell you in the morning. Hey, this bitch wrote lazy power. Are you okay? (laughs) What? I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, It's so wild when we were talking earlier and you were talking about how he's just like this like coiled bit of power Uh and like this energy where, yes, I was like, yes, bitch, I put that in my (laughs) travel. But I couldn't say it. I couldn't say it. I love when we have like a really wild mind meld. Yes. And I'm like, wow, we are Spock and Kirk. Like, <laughs> it's really happening. I mean that from the bottom, like from the bottom <laughs> of my nerd heart. I'm like, wow, we have a connection. Just like Jim and Spock. Yes. yes. You have been oh. and always will be my friend. Oh, bitch. 
We have to do we have to do a Star Trek episode. That's for another day. Yeah, another day. My point is yes. that Drabble kicked ass. And Thank you. I'm delighted to have my ass handed to me. It's <laughs> delightful. I love hearing you. And just to reiterate what we've already said before, mm. Nicole man, write a fucking romance novel. Oh, man. I will, I will. At some point. I, I will. mean at some point. Jesus I will, Christ. I will. Fine. But I love your domestic drabbles because I love the way you always end up curled up on somebody. That's that's, that's really you know yeah. I, I'm a dog person, mm-hmm. but my my feeling generally is to be as cat like as possible. Mm. Just put me by the fire, put me in a sunspot next to Bay. <laughs> that's all I'm looking for. I don't want to do anything, yeah. you know. So yeah. that's that's, that's, I that's feel why. That. I yeah. feel that. But I really enjoyed this. It felt like oh look at you. If, to me, somehow even though you didn't say it, it felt like an airport bar. Like it feels uh, really like transitory. Mm, like mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. your ships in the night. Yeah. And you know, later on the ships are gonna meet in the net. You know? <laughs> Sounds good. Sounds good. I'm very into this travel. Um guys, you know what to do. So we're gonna put a poll up on our Twitter. Um, not immediately. We we like for you to have like a day to let the drabbles really sit, you know, in your chest. Mm. And then once they've kind of made their way into your bloodstream, you can decide which one did I like better, which one kind of spoke to me more. And that will be on our Twitter, which is at Thirst Aid Kit. So just go there, vote in the poll, and we can see who wins fanfic wars. But as we always say, every single week, everyone's a winner, baby. That's the truth. <laughs> First Aid Kit is produced by us, Bim Adewunmi and Nicole Perkins, Julia Furlan and TK Dutez. Our music is by Tanya Morgan. You can follow the show on Twitter at Thirst Aid Kit. We're there too at Bimadu, B-I-M-A-D-E-W, and Tennessee Whiskey Woman. That's whiskey with an E, woman. And we're on Tumblr, which is an awesome place that you should visit more often. <laughs> we're at thirstaidkitpodcast.tumblr.com. You can send us questions there. We might answer them. Who knows? Uh, you can contact our first sommelier service by calling and leaving a brief message on 765-884-4778. That's 7658-THIRST. And non-US listeners can send us a short voice note via email. We love you for listening, and we also like ratings and reviews. So head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review. It'll help other people discover us. And personally speaking, we love five stars. It gives our skin a glow, makes our teeth white, just <laughs> helps with our digestion, all of that. <laughs> If you live tweet your listen, please, please use the hashtag TACPOD, that's T-A-K-P-O-D. And you can send us emails of love, affection, and all that good stuff at thirstaidkit at buzzfeed.com. I will say, though, a very quick reminder, it is spelled N-I-C-H-O-L-E. So please give Nicole her H. Oh, my gosh. Thank you for saying that. <laughs> oh, my God. I love everyone who spells my name correctly. I love you for reminding people. I love everybody. Um... <laughs> We've noticed an uptick in reported tack-related incidents. Credit cards have been dropped in the street, shenanigans on rowing machines, broken dishes, and we want you to stay safe out in these streets, people. We'll be back next week, so please thirst responsibly. (laughs) Bye!